0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. Today I'm joined with a special guest, Milana Lashinsky from SimplicityCircle.com. She's all about simplicity, entrepreneurship, and she's had a lot of awesome experiences in her life and has done a lot with online business over the years and worked uh, in developing as a coach. And we're going to get into all kinds of different uh, aspects of what she does and what Simplicity is all about, all about. But first, Milana, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hey Chris, and it's awesome to be here, thank you.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited for, for the uh, LMS cast and the Lifter LMS audience to meet you. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, meeting your crew over at the Simplicity Circle. Uh, if yep, people, had a lot of fun. that was a lot of fun. We did a <laughs> yes. uh, Facebook Live together, and we we'll, we'll, i am sure—we're going to be doing more together. Uh, we'll have to do a Facebook Live. Uh, I'm actually signing up for Be Live and doing it for something else uh, soon. So, uh, but you got me going down that train. But we'll have to do a Be Live with. Uh, our Facebook group one of these days. My
1: favorite my favorite part, Chris, was when I was looking for somebody to test Live with and I posted a message on my Facebook group and said, will somebody test it with me? I'm interviewing Chris tomorrow. And then there you were, you were willing to test it with me.
0: I was actually just like, getting ready really? to ask somebody else to <laughs> test it with me. So I was like, well, I guess great minds think alike, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: that <laughs> was awesome.
0: Well, for those of you listening, I'd encourage you to head on over to uh, SimplicityCircle.com forward slash get started. What, what can people find over there, Milana?
1: Yeah, so um, the whole idea of simplicity entrepreneurship uh, is focused around building a business, growing your business, uh, but keeping it simple, um, keeping your independence, your sanity, your lifestyle that you want. So. Um, you can grow your business and you can scale it, but you don't have to sacrifice as like, uh, some people say, um, success without sacrifice. That's kind of what it is. Um. And the cool thing is that simplicity is different for everybody. I actually did a survey um, of everybody who is joining my Facebook group. I have a community on simplicity entrepreneurship on Facebook. And before you can join, I ask you a question, what does simplicity mean to you? And I I noticed a pattern that some people um, see simplicity as, you know, how they want to feel in their business, like, peace, balance, no sense of urgency, results come with ease, it's a hustle-free business, it's a stress-free business, you get clarity, you feel efficient, it's low maintenance, people were using things words like staying focused, effortlessness, spaciousness, freedom of time, right? So it's like how they want to feel. And then there's a whole other category of responses is that where people describe what the business should look like when it's a simplicity-based business. And some people will say things like, I want a step-by-step system for getting clients or having a team to delegate all the crap to. <laughs> uh, working no more than 20 hours a week, lots of space on my calendar to think. Um, clear vision, not having to have 10 funnels, um, centered around passion, um, working with clients more and doing every everything else less. So that's more like, um, what the business looks like when you have applied simplicity and neither one of these categories of responses have addressed the thing that I address in my simplicity circle. And that is how do you get there? Right? So that's what I focus on in simplicity circle. That's what my um, Facebook group is all about. The ultimate goal is to get rid of 80% of stuff and the 20% remaining will have the highest Payoff both financially and emotionally, and that's what people want, whether they realize it or not. That's what we all want. We want simplicity, um, we want more ease. We just don't necessarily know how to get there. And a lot of people don't believe they can. A lot of people don't believe that you can have simplicity and have a profitable business. And I can tell you, yes, you can. I have had two businesses. One was based on simplicity, working four hours a day, raising two small children, making half a million dollars from home. And then I had another business making about the same amount of money, but I was working three times as long um, every day. And I was miserable. So yes, you can, if you know, if you understand the simplicity principles.
0: That's really cool. And that uh, yeah. contrast, I'm sure it was helpful to be like, oh, same result, but one with a lot more ease. Mm-hmm. That, that makes uh, a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and I guess I didn't answer your question. What people will find at that link, simplicitycircle.com forward slash get started, is you'll get started with simplicity. Um, it'll give you an assessment to see where you are in your business, how much complexity you have right now. It'll get you into my community on Facebook. It'll give you some tips on how to get started with simplicity um, principles in your business.
0: That's awesome. Well, as a, somebody who's really into online education, there's a lot of talk about, you know, great things like simplicity or less chaos or more manageable life. But what people need is they need help getting there. They need the steps. They need the how to, they need tools to help them and the mindsets and the mindsets. So I love that where, where you're going with all that and it makes a lot of sense to me and we'll talk about it in more detail in a little bit that a, a, community swell is happening around this concept with you because you're, you're producing results for people and you're, you're taking them on a journey. Tell us a little bit before we get into more of the simplicity stuff just about you. Um, like if you run into somebody at a cocktail party or, or whatever and they're like, what's your life story in two minutes? Like what, what
1: uh-huh. makes
0: you who you are?
1: Okay, an immigrant from Soviet Ukraine, uh, formerly trained as a classical musician, um, coming to America, moved away from music and turned into a technician, as in a web designer, web programmer, realized that it's completely not my thing and started a business in coaching and online marketing. Wow, that wasn't two minutes.
0: <laughs> uh, wow, that is good. That is really good. Uh, that was uh, that was one of the best I've ever heard. That's, that's incredible. And
1: as I took a break between my two businesses, because I walked away from my million dollar business last year, it was generating 1.4 million in revenue. Um, I was netting about the same as in my previous business. And I just wasn't happy. I actually tell my story a little bit, uh, you know, on a deeper level is I started having panic attacks um, as a result of being in the wrong business or being overwhelmed, being surrounded by the wrong people, the wrong ideas, just something just didn't work for me. And so I walked away from the business and I had a break. And during that break, I realized that I am still craving music. And I actually wrote and recorded a, my first piece of music officially like a professional recording it's on my website uh at uh, milana forward slash blog you can check out there's i've always wanted to have a music tab at the top of the website and uh, so far I'm getting really good feedback it's it's a different kind of music it's more like cinematic versus uh, uh you know a diddly song
0: <laughs> that's 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 really beautiful and i uh I always like to say <clears throat> that the body has a lot of wisdom in it. And Mm -hmm. if it, it will revolt and my, in my experience, I like to think of disease as coming from dis ease, like having things going on in your life or stressors that, Mm. um, you know, that's kind of where a lot of, of
1: yeah,
0: a lot of health (laughs) issues come from and, you know, losing touch with yourself. I've definitely, as an entrepreneur, and just, you know, with young kids, making things happen, making life happen, building a business, building a team, marketing, getting clients, making systems. I actually started a habit. I have like, a, for those of you watching in YouTube, you can see I'm in an attic. I'm actually between locations. I'm in the process of moving into a, a new house that hasn't closed yet. But um, normally behind me in my office, I have all these whiteboards. I have notebooks. I have journals where I'm working on my business ideas and stuff. But in order to help kind of like kind of like what you're doing with music, I ended up keeping this little black book for those of you watching on YouTube that I whenever I have like a hint of an idea of stuff that, um, you know, I think about that I used to enjoy as a kid or things that really matter to me or that I just enjoy that have nothing to do with my work or my business. I write it down and that way. I'm not letting all that stuff just constantly get buried or, or prioritized over. And that, that's yeah. been really helpful to me And because uh, I'm guilty as charged of having uh, let that stuff kind of pile up, you know, then sleep starts getting affected and so on. And then all of a sudden I kind of lose touch. But now I, I actually make a conscious effort to just make sure I, I keep tabs on those things that I enjoy outside of work.
1: For sure. And you know, that's interesting. So I have two small children. I had two small children. Now they're grown. They're 17 and 22. And I noticed that the older they got, the more free time I started having in my life. And the dangers of that is that you can end up filling that free time with work. And I did that for many I would say for many years, you know, I was like, oh my God, my daughter can now stay at her friend's house without me. That means I can work. Or my son is now spending a night at his friend's house. That means I can actually be on the computer at midnight, not (laughs) worry about that. And so I started filling up my days with more work. And I don't know how it happened. I think I was trying to lose weight or do something more active. And I called a local dance studio and I asked them, do you teach hip hop? it looks like fun, Um, you know, see, this is why I'm attracted to your baseball cap.
0: (laughs) I was like, I've always wanted to
1: to do a hip hop dance wearing a baseball cap. And they said, no, but would you be interested in cha-cha? And so I thought that sounds pretty cool. I saw cha-cha when I was growing up in Soviet summer camps, kids were dancing. I was really intrigued by that. And so I signed up. And ever since then, uh, my free time, Um, has now been filled with things like dancing, writing music, or just playing piano, which is literally sitting, standing behind me, my my lovely instrument. Um, I started doing a little bit more yoga. I started biking. In other words, I I don't even know how single people do this or people without um, children because you do own your entire day. 24 hours a day are yours to do whatever you wish with. And if you choose to, you could fill it up with work. Twenty four seven, and so when I became aware of that, I realized like, whoa, wait a minute! I really don't want to be working this much, and I started finding other things. It's kind of like life beyond business.
0: Awesome, so awesome. That's important. Well, I'm sure a lot of people listening out there can relate, and uh, maybe you're you're struggling out there with uh, being a little bit of out of touch with yourself or. Uh, you know you're in that hustle mode and you're just kind of wondering what's happening or why you're not happy or whatever so these this is uh some important self inquiry to do uh no matter what stage you're at but let's let's shift over to um in in an honor of simplicity a lot of the course creators and membership site owners out there listening have heard me say that it takes four things to be successful as an online educator and building a business around that. You need to have expertise. You need to be able to create digital products or instructional design, create curriculum, videos, and package all that into some kind of course concept. You need to use technology to actually deliver all that and accept money and that kind of thing. And then you have to be a community builder. And those it's very rare that all those skills are just naturally in, in most people. So people... Are you know sometimes good at one or the other, or they build a team around their weaknesses there 's all kinds of strategies for coping with this but let 's run it through the lens of simplicity if yeah. i'm an if i 'm an expert and <clears throat> let's say I have some kind of i do let's say i 'm a fitness trainer and i 'm really good at teaching some really niche form of fitness in my uh, local gym, but I want to experiment with. Uh, you know, making courses online. And how do I think about my expertise? How, I, how do I simplify just this concept that I'm good at something? Or, you know, how do I wrap my head around expertise? Hmm.
1: So you can think about it in many different ways. I like to think about um, tangible topics that have a tangible outcome. Um, that's the biggest challenge I've seen a lot of people in the coaching, authors, speaking, expert information marketing industry have encountered is that, uh, and especially true for for years up until recently, is that they will attempt to download the entire knowledge uh, bucket that they have into a product. I did that back in 2008. I remember like it was yesterday. I created a program. I'm called Coaching Business Mastery and I charged $5,000 for it. And I enrolled eight people. So that was really, really cool. But what happened next (laughs) was absolute insanity because every week I would walk people through a module through like, um, you know, this is how you use your website to build your coaching business. Theoretically, or actually more practically, this topic could be, separate course of its own how to use your website to build your coaching business right but it was only one module of an eight-week program and then the next week I would talk about how to create a membership site as a supplementary income to your coaching practice and would be just one week Now, later on, I developed a separate course just on the topic of membership sites. But you see what's happening is a lot of people will say, I know all of this. This is my subject area, so I'm going to put all of that into a course or on paper. And not only are they uh, overwhelming the the potential customer, they're also overwhelmed themselves. There's just too much to teach, too much to deliver, too much to include To wrap their mind around everything, so I would suggest when you're creating a course in your area of expertise, choose a smaller outcome. That's great. My expertise.
0: I really uh, love that. Uh, The example was popping in my head as you were talking. Um, I was just imagining the Dalai Lama creating a course, and you know, like personal
1: growth, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) but really if the if I was going to advise the Dalai Lama a bit to, on course creation based on your what you just said there Milana I would say well maybe not just a course on personal growth but let's start with a course on forgiveness or let's start mm. with a course on meditation or some, yes. you know <laughs> it's uh that's a really exactly. good point
1: and then, what happens once you determine what topic you want to focus on or what outcome you want to focus on? Then you just create a little, tra- like a transformation um, trajectory, so to speak. You know, here's from A to Z. These are the steps required to achieve this outcome. And when the outcome is specific and measurable and small. It's a lot easier to market this course and it's a lot easier for people to consume it and get results, which means that you're going to get testimonials. You're going to get clients, um, customers to buy your future courses. It's just good, a good way to look at course development overall is focus on a smaller outcome.
0: That's great. Yeah. I mean, you just got into the second area, which is instructional design or developing a curriculum. So if you have a clear starting point and a clear end point, um, that's what it's all about. I, I think that's actually one of the biggest issues is um, not having a clear starting point, not having a clear finish line uh, is, is just such an important part of instructional design what what would you advise people in terms of, okay, I have a, a character arc or a, a trajectory that they should go on to achieve this outcome. How do I know if I should be making video or audios or get transcriptions or, you know, do webinars? Like, how do I know which, what would your advice be or experience around which forms of communication do I use mm-hmm.
1: So can, assuming that you want to reach all kinds of different, you know, learner types, mm-hmm. uh, you would probably want to offer all of those. But what is the starting point? The starting point should be whatever format that you are most comfortable with. So if you like to write, and that is your primary form of expressing concepts, concepts, If that's how you teach, then you start by writing, and then you can turn that into an audio by recording it, or maybe video uh, by reading a transcript in front of a teleprompter, right? So, But the starting point would be writing. For me, what I've done is my starting point are slides. I don't know if it's my... Uh, background as an educator music educator but somehow I was always thinking in terms of slides and I would have like a, the main idea and three teaching points the main idea three teaching points and I would just narrate each slide and bam I would have a little video that is slide based but then what I would do is I would have it transcribed and offer it in written format because I hate writing and I'm, I'm very slow as a writer but I can interact and i can um, communicate my ideas by looking at the slide reading the bullet points and elaborating on each one that's my starting point and then there are people especially if you're recording if you're creating a course that requires more of a visual component like if you're teaching martial arts or, or dancing or anything like that then it makes sense for you to probably start as a visual component right uh, but i will say that there is a general um I don't know if it's a rule or it's just a habit that I have um, developed as a way of creating a curriculum. And that is um, keep your content to a minimum and allow people to then um, discover more of what they need by asking you questions. And I know we're talking about course creation as in like you create a course, you put it out there and you sell it. But the way I've always created my courses was I would develop like a a cheat sheet, like an outline, and I would deliver that. And then I would pause and say, so what kind of questions do you have? And over the years, the equation between... The, the, the ratio between the content and the Q&A has evolved in my life. I used to deliver a 75-minute, 125-slide presentation for each module. And then I would be like, five minutes, any questions?
0: Right. <laughs> right.
1: And then now, you know, 2017, I've been in business for 17 years, Micro learning, and I think you said those words too, learning has become a trend. People don't want those long content rich modules most people don't i should say maybe maybe if you're a newbie you're looking for more of a, um, a comprehensive approach to content but most people just want give me what i need allow me to discover things for myself and then ask you questions and so now my training courses are like this 15 minutes of content and then i pause and i say so what did you hear any insights, any observations, any ideas, any questions, any obstacles that you foresee in implementing this. And the entire the rest of the um, delivery involves me answering questions and, right. and, and opening new uh, potential topics that I should have included, but I didn't think of it, which is great because now it's part of it. And I didn't have to work hard at coming up with that content.
0: That's awesome. Well, we're, we're all about uh, feedback loops and how important it is to have a, yeah. a dialogue there. But I love this concept you're really bringing up about some of the most powerful teaching. And this is, if I look back on my own experience of learning, when, I, when the light bulb goes off on, inside my own head, more than just learning the right stuff or, or telling me how to think or what to think, that's where like the real learning happens and where it really sticks when you create an epiphany inside somebody. And that's often done yes. through questions and setting up the story or whatever. It's a different way of teaching them. Like here are the best, here is the best material absorb that have a good day. It's that's not really how it, the best learning works. Um, yeah.
1: And actually the way that I design my simplicity program Uh, you know, I've always had like these training courses. Here's step one, step two, step three, how you do things. What I've been finding is that everybody is so different. Everybody has different natural abilities um, or what I call super skills. You know, when you do something and the results come easy, those are your super skills. Everybody Everybody has different learning style, implementation style, communication style. So why would I force somebody to do things in a certain way and that's the way you do it right so i decided that when i would create my program for this new business that i started um, this year i would respect and honor the differences in each entrepreneur in each business owner in each um course creator or coach author speaker by helping them discover what works for them and then implementing, right? That's why I developed a series of tools that tell you, oh, um, are you a teacher, builder, connector, champion? Which type of a business owner are you? And based on your response, this is how you market yourself. This is how you uh, price yourself. This is how you create your offer. If I simply told you that you need a $5,000 coaching program, uh, you would probably uh, resist. You would probably um, feel inadequate, a lot of self-doubt, feeling like you just can't do it and you have to force yourself. But if you come to that conclusion yourself based on your natural abilities and your lifestyle goals, then you would be a lot more motivated. You'll be on fire because it came from you and it fits your
0: um,
1: natural abilities.
0: Beautiful. Right? personalized learning that's uh, that's just that's such a great tip there let's let's look at the technology piece a little bit how do we as education entrepreneurs bring simplicity to our relationship with technology the internet's awesome there's all these tools and apps and softwares and marketing services we can sign up for and how do we keep it simple
1: Mm -hmm. so you know it's funny because i remember when i first started my business there was this really big area of Um, information marketing and that is um, digital security uh, where people were really concerned that if you create your course and you put it out there somebody else is going to steal it and sell it that was probably the biggest question i got back in early 2000 2003 2004 2005 up until that point people were really concerned and you know what every single product i created was stolen and sold on eBay for a (laughs) dollar so it was a legitimate concern and for that reason uh, people were trying to create barriers for access like you have to enter this password and when you do that it'll email you the actual password (laughs) to open up the file that will give you a link somewhere on the website to actually access the the course and the materials (coughs) excuse me And so that has become a challenge for a lot of people because, you know, they would buy your product and they couldn't open it and they would ask for a refund. So I think people get smarter since then. And here's what started happening. What started to happen is that please go ahead and steal my product. It's okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to plant a whole bunch of links into it to my other products. So people stop worrying about the, the, the digital theft as much.
0: Now it's free marketing, that, right?
1: It's free marketing, right? Yes. Hey, something is selling on eBay for a dollar. Hundreds of people have bought it. That means that hundreds of people have seen my links to my website where they can buy more. So people get smarter about that, right? <clears throat> and so the way that I approach technology today is I try to use as little of it as possible and only when I absolutely must. Um, So, for example, um, there's this thing about membership sites where, you know, you get recommendations for what kind of platform to use. And when people would come to me and say, I don't, I'm not a technologically savvy person. That's why I cannot start a membership site. You know, I would tell them, that's okay. Don't use a membership site platform of any kind. Simply email your customers the content and then email them the the conference line if you're doing Q&A calls, that's it. And they were like, whoa, I just blew their mind. So use technology as you must and no more. In fact, that's what simplicity is all about. Keep things as simple as possible, but no simpler. If you need a platform to achieve a particular goal, at least you know that that's the goal you're looking for. there is a social media software that was recommended to me. And when I looked at all the features, I realized that there's, it's great, it has high reviews, but I don't think I really need this because I'm not gonna, uh, my way of using social media does not align with the features that they're offering. So I would say don't start with technologies or tools, start with what you need to achieve and then look for the software or the platform that allows you to accomplish those goals. I think that's a much simpler way to approach technology. Don't you think Chris?
0: I love I'm it. am the creator of
1: Lifter LMS.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I spend a lot of time talking people out of like using certain features of our product. Um, like you maybe you don't need to use the memberships or just doing courses and that's cool. Yeah. But what I, uh, what I've noticed in this industry is <clears throat> a lot of times, especially new, education entrepreneurs get hung up on the technology and they, yeah. they can't it's failure to launch failure to start because of technology the reality is and this is this would be my advice um, to people and I, I think uh, Danny any is a big champion of this idea of um, doing a pilot version of your course so if you want to teach online and technology you think technology is getting in your way all you need is a PayPal account and email and, a, and a Skype or a conference line or whatever. That's it. You can start and do a high-touch version of your teaching live online. You can collect the money through PayPal, which allows you to send invoices or whatever. So that's like four pieces of technology, PayPal, email, and then some kind of Skype or conference call, or maybe even meet them in person. <laughs> so that's, uh, before you get fancy, try that.
1: And what that's going to allow you to do is actually generate income before you invest into any technology. Because once you run your membership site or membership program or your course, um, you're going to make money. You're going to generate revenue from all the customers. And then it won't feel as like, oh my God, I got to learn the technology, I got to invest into maybe some support. I've got to invest in the technology itself. It feels overwhelming. And like you said, failure to launch due to fear of technology. That's uh, the the most inefficient unproductive reason not to launch whatever content whatever product or course you want to put out and that's not a good reason
0: absolutely well let's shift gears into one of your uh, strong points which is community building you've you've had a lot of experience in this industry over the years you've seen others build communities you've built communities yourself how do we apply simplicity entrepreneurship principles to the concept of community building both there's two sides to that coin the first side is uh kind of the marketing side or just i'm I'm building an audience or a community i'm giving free value that there's that community and then there's the the community that becomes your you know your inner circle or your um you know your paid members or the people who bought your thing so there's kind of i always think of like those two sides, but just building that initial audience or building the email list or building the Facebook group, how do we think about all this?
1: Yeah, not only have I built communities, I've also done a lot of research as how to grow a community because I was really interested in um, bringing people together. So let me tell you a little bit about the company that I left. Uh, because that community was phenomenal, and that was probably the biggest reason I regretted leaving. Not that I wanted to stay, but that's the one thing that I felt really proud of of playing a major role in creating or co creating that community. Uh, what was happening is that we were selling a training program, and then everybody would get into the program and immediately into the Facebook group, okay, uh, which is like an instant community, right? what was happening is people were starting to implement which is a huge key to building a community you want people to get implementing for course course developers it's just a community is and a course is a match made in heaven you have an instant reason for people to interact and support each other give each other feedback yes you are the leader of the community as the creator of the course but it doesn't mean that you're the only person giving feedback and managing that community. People are going to start um, self-managing and giving each other support. And so the other piece we were doing is we were uh, inviting people to a live event. And we immediately noticed that when people would arrive at a live event, they were hugging each other. Meeting for the first time, they were hugging each other. It was a complete love fest. And I wondered, like, how did we do that? How did we facilitate this love fest? People who have never met suddenly running into the room into each other's arms like, "There you are!" <laughs> <laughs> like how did we do that? And what I learned is that that online community and bringing people together through implementation and having each other each other's support, sharing challenges and giving each other's advice, we brought people together. They did that not only online on the Facebook group but also in our live calls, uh, group coaching calls. And we haven't touched a lot of coaching conversations, but that's part of what can um, not only help you create a community but also help you monetize your expertise even beyond a course. So, you know, if an average course is $97, I'm not sure. Um, how much courses are sold for? Just based on my uh, experience, it right?
0: depends. I mean, I would say a low end course is like twenty dollars. A high end course is like at the two grand, and that's going to have two some grand. kind of some kind of community element. And yeah. a lot of courses are on the one to two, one to two hundred dollar mark.
1: But if you wanted to monetize it further, just realize that people will take your course and they will still need some hand-holding advice, feedback, coaching. You can do that as a one-on-one coaching um, or you can do that as a group. And that's what we did. And so that bonded people so well together. And so as I'm creating my new company, my new community of simplicity entrepreneurship, what the, what attracts people to my community is the idea of simplicity. So that common idea common goal of wanting to create a simplicity-based business where there is no push no chaos no forcing grinding you're not forced to hustle to achieve results but instead you're looking for areas of alignment within your business you're looking for areas where um, your passion meets uh market needs you know you're looking for more alignment as opposed to pushing and forcing. And a lot of people are attracted to that idea. Um, I was in a program that teaches how to build a big business with a big team, with a big org chart. And at that time, I thought that's what I wanted. But the more I piled up on my business, the more um, overwhelmed and unexcited I became. So I scaled back down, not necessarily in terms of income, but in terms of how i was building my business and therefore simplicity circle was born a lot of people are just loving this idea right and uh, the community that i am building now they are attracted because of this idea that brings them in so it's implementation it's idea the other piece is a passionate leader you and i talked about that a little bit in our live right Mm -hmm. you have to have a leader who is passionate about it Um, who maybe is striving, like I'm striving for simplicity, but I don't think I'm fully there yet. And I'm willing to be vulnerable and discover simplicity alongside of my members in my community and share my challenges with them, right? Um, and the other piece is just engage. I think a lot of people will start a community and think, oh yeah, uh, let me put all these people together. They'll just play around you know, together with each other. They don't need me. Um, And that's not true. People always need a leader to um, feel, first of all, protected, because if people don't feel safe in their community, they can't share, they cannot be vulnerable. Um, But my people, I hope, feel safe that I'm watching everything. I'm slapping any negativity out of my group, uh, because I think there's enough of that. (laughs) online, right? And so I want people to really focus on building a simplicity-based business and what it takes and how to get there. So I would say those things implementation, a great leader who is passionate uh, and engaging people, and the common goal or message that brings people together. Beautiful. I'm sure there's more more of that. Uh, but I'm still learning as well.
0: <laughs> well that's a that's a treasure trove of ideas and concepts there. What what do you tell the the course builder out there who wants to build a community and they're quite frankly just scared because they're starting at, at zero? You know, they they might write a blog post, but they have no email list. They might create a Facebook group, but they don't have that group doesn't exist yet. Like, how do you start building a community? What mm-hmm. is like, how do you just get that initial momentum? And I just want to say. I remember starting the Lifter LMS Facebook group, which is also just a general online course and membership site group. I remember what it was like when I had a zero-person email list and uh, nobody in the group, and I invited like the people in my company into the group. But mm. and now it's and your mom on.
1: and dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're not even <laughs> in it. But the uh, oh no, the uh, <clears throat> but it took on a lot. Ultimately, this was one of my greatest. Uh, pleasures and joys and watching the community grow is all I remember this moment where it just kind of took off like and all of a sudden people started helping each other without not just me like you know leading but like there was all this value just coming you know Mm -hmm. people are like offering like hey can I I'm looking to hire somebody for this and then somebody would get a job all this kind of stuff started happening in there Mm -hmm. I was like that's a great accomplishment but I remember there was a you know, like it started at zero. It started an email list of one, a, a Facebook group of one, and uh I'm kind of an explorer type guy, so I, I'm known for charging into the unknown a little bit. But what do you tell people that are like, mm. I don't know how to start?
1: I just thought of something as you were asking that question, Chris. Uh, my previous company was not the first community I built. Uh, my very first one was back in 2005 when I. Literally invented the concept of a telesummit summit, which is very popular today, or maybe beyond popular. I think people are now starting to get sick of it. Uh, but tele summit brought people together. You know, it's a virtual conference with multiple speakers uh, conducted over the telephone, and now with a lot of social media involved because it's available. Uh, but it built community and it brought people together. And the reason I thought of tele summit is because a tele summit, just like an online social media challenge, just like a product launch, it's a ninja tactic. And what I've always done to build my community, build my list, build my the size of my audience, is I would always do some sort of a ninja tactic. So for example, right now I'm ramping up for um, a, an online challenge. I think I, sh- I might have shared that with you um, privately, but uh, coming up with some idea that will attract other people and um, I'm an introvert, just like you are. We talked about that. And it's not easy for me to reach out to people personally or to go out networking or build all these connections. You know, some people are very natural like that. Oh yeah, you should talk to this person and to that person. Um, our friend, Charles Bird is like that. Like he'll immediately yeah. think of people. He's like this mega super connector, which is how you and I connected, right, in the right. first
0: place. Thank you, Charles, um, if you're listening. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Charles, yes. Uh, and when, if you're not a connector, if, you, if that doesn't come easy to you, um, you want to find a different way of attracting people to you. And what I found works for me is creating some sort of a platform for people. So when I invented the Telesummit idea, uh, essentially it was a platform. I gave people a platform to uh, become visible You know, would you participate as a guest speaker to speak about passive income for coaches? Would you speak about, um, you know, the five reasons, five, seven reasons how people might fail as coaches? And so people were attracted to that as a platform. And then in my previous company, we created a platform for people for visibility or to find um, promotional partners for each other. And so I feel like if you create something, exciting, something worthy to, uh, of talking about, something that is newsworthy, attention worthy. I think that is one way to grow your audience. For example, you could run an online challenge that is related to the topic of your course. You could, um, you know, you could connect with people who are um, running Facebook groups uh, and those groups are filled with people um, that might be potentially your customers or, or people in your audience. I'm still learning how to use social media to grow my group. But I feel like if you are doing something exciting, just start talking to everybody about it. Um, a friend of mine, David De Giorgio, who actually arranged my music composition that is on my website. Um, I love what he said in uh, my interview with him. He was saying the mistake that a lot of people are making is they're trying to get speaking gigs you know he he trains speakers um, by asking for a speaking gig or by focusing on getting a speaking gig instead what they should be doing is just sharing what they're passionate about just talking to people what they're passionate about because what's going to happen next is somebody's going to hear you and say oh my god i love that can you talk about that to my audience and then bam you got an interview or you got an opportunity to share your message through an article or a podcast interview uh, or a Facebook live or some other way, teach a class, do a workshop. So I would say have an exciting message and then talk about it. Beautiful. Message or mission. Some people will say, I have a mission to do this. Talk about your mission.
0: Yeah. So it's more about focusing on an active creation and attraction and giving instead of like, how do I grab or get access to, or um, you know, it, it's more just put it out there and, and attract it. I love that. That's, that's yeah. really good. Um, you have a, a lot of expertise around this area of coaching and at Lifter LMS, we just rolled out a new add on to our product where people can essentially have private posts and private discussions with, uh, between the teacher and the student on an individual basis, in addition to their more passive automated course.
1: Yeah, that's and great. That's
0: great. You can have a course, but you can also have the coaching as an upsell or it can be a totally different product. There's all kinds of different ways to structure it. But for the course creator, let's say I'm a I'm like an author, book author, or I'm just an expert and I got into the world and I got my online course launched and I'm really happy with it. But I miss and now I'm a digital successful entrepreneur person. But I, you know, what I kind of miss interacting with live people, and I also see untapped value and an ability. If I could just work with people one-on-one, in addition to courses, but do it through the internet, uh, and, and offer you know some high-end coaching, how do I, how do I transition or add that into my offer? What are, how do successful coaches think? You know, be in the early stages, construct their offer. How do they think about it?
1: yeah um, first of all, um, you can test it uh, as uh, I don't know if your um, platform allows for an upsell. Uh, but one of the ways that I, that coaches are, are monetizing coaching after they sell a program or a course is they do an upsell. Let's say they're selling something for um, I don't know a50 dollar course. And then when the purchase is complete or somewhere in the middle of the purchase, they'll offer, by the way, if you want some handholding as you implement this, or if you have some questions, or if you want a strategy session around um, your implementation, I'm available for one-on-one conversation or coaching session or consulting. Um, so that would probably be the simplest way to add in some coaching. Uh, And of course, you could always have a coaching program created around your course. So here's a $50 course, or you can choose a live group uh, implementation uh, program based on the very same course. So you basically um, expand the concept of your course into a coaching program. I would say those are the two ways to start with and see, see what
0: works. That's awesome. One of the ways I like to explain that too is, uh, the course is kind of the do it yourself. Coaching is more done with you. And then, uh, yes. you know, then the whole done for you thing, that's like a whole different service or whatever. But, um, yeah, co- courses and information products, they're, they're basically for the do it yourselfer and then you can start layering on with the, the coaching. Well, Milana, this has been a a real treasure of a conversation. I really appreciate it. uh, It just shows all your experience, just your insights come through, and a lot of them uh, as we go through the various topics. So thank you for spending some time with the Lifter LMS crew here. We really appreciate it. Um, I'd encourage people to head on over to simplicitycircle.com forward slash get started. And, uh, and check out what Milana's up to, check out any uh, challenge she's got going on or, or any of her stuff. Um, if, if you were to boil down your simplicity entrepreneurship message to its core, what, what is it?
1: Simplicity is about creating a business that, is, that gives you the shortest path to the result that you want to accomplish, essentially right? It's the simplest way to achieve a goal. So in business, in business, it means finding the shortest, most simple way to a profitable business by removing everything else, everything that creates complexity, any unnecessary steps, tools, projects, activities, mindsets, and sometimes people. Eliminate those <laughs> that, that add to complexity in your business.
0: Awesome. Well, Milana, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Chris.